stimulation by way of mobile devices welcome to another exciting episode of the atomic podcast and here is your host of the show Efren guzman ladies and gentlemen the man the myth the legend mma superstar ufc wwe i can keep going on and on but He's right here today, Mr. Ken Shamrock. Ken, welcome to the Atomic Podcast, and how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for being on. Um, I know you're doing a lot of press junket out there, and you have your own promotion coming out, which is amazing. You know, your your promotion is called Valor Bare Knuckle, which is coming out in September. Um, first of all, tell me about the embryonic stages of this promotion. What made you want to come back, and why Bare Knuckles? Back in the earlier days when I was fighting in the uh, no holes barred era, it was bare knuckle. And I fell in love with that. It was like when I went into fight like that, I was like, man, they're going to really let us do this? Like, they're going to let us fight bare knuckle? Like, no rules? And it happened. And I just remember the adrenaline I got from that. It was so pure. And then this guy, Tank Abbott, comes out with these gloves on and he starts knocking people out. And all of a sudden, this company says, oh, hey, what a great idea. Let's put gloves on, guys, so we can protect the fighters. Well, the idea wasn't to protect the fighters. It was to protect the guys that were winning, like not breaking their hand, not bruising, so they could come back and fight a month or two months later because that's what the people want to see. Uh And so when they sold that, I was like, I fell into it too. I was like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it would protect guys from getting seriously hurt. Well, until I started feeling the punches from those gloves and realized myself that, hey, I can hit a guy anywhere in the head and I won't break my hand. Wow. Now this is exciting, right? Except for it took away the purity of the submission. It took away the purity of the striking because now anybody could just throw a haymaker and not spin. You don't have to be accurate. You don't have to hit the soft spots. You can throw it anywhere you want with the glove on and be effective. And submissions, when you got a rear naked choke or cut somebody's back or got a leg lock, they were very difficult to pull off because you had a glove on. So it took away the actual purity of what bare knuckle is. It wasn't more dangerous. It was actually, in my opinion, safer because you're not going to take so many blows to the head. So for me... I fell in love with bare knuckle, and I accepted the MMA gloves because I thought, okay, it's safer. Once I realized that, I said, man, they should go back to bare knuckle because then it's really going back to what it's supposed to be, which is purity, God-given talent. You fight with what you've been given. And so I always said to myself, it's going to have to come back, and it never did up until a few years ago. When we started seeing these bare knuckle things start popping up on these social media sites, guys getting street fights, the, the, the hits were tremendous, getting millions and millions of views. And then these different promotions popped up and started doing shows, and they were out, they were beating out the UFC. And so I thought to myself, it's back. But see, I didn't just want to come into this and put together a bare knuckle, Valor, bare knuckle show. 
together the best Valor bare knuckle show. I wanted to do what the UFC did back in the earlier days where they took it from the dark and brought it into the light where it was acceptable, where it was respectful, where it should be. And I think that's where bare knuckle is right now, whereas it needs to be brought to a level of respectability. It's a spectacle right now, which is nothing wrong with that because people like to watch spectacles. But it has to rise above that sometime. So it becomes an actual combat sport. And I think that's what Valor Bare Knuckles is going to be able to do, is be able to rise up and bring it at a respectable level where it belongs. Oh. Is this something that you've been working hard at? This is something that, you, uh, that you've been trying to do for a while now, like it, behind the scenes? Yeah, it, it has. It's something that, like I said, I fell in love with early on. But all along, I've been talking to my business partner, Des Woodruff, um, about Bare Knuckle and how I, the purity of it has been taken away from the fight game and that I always want to go back to it. Of course, once we started seeing all these different things happening with the social media stuff, with these different fights happening, then we realized, hey, it's time. We need to launch this thing. So me and my business partner, Jess Woodruff, said, hey, uh, let's launch Valor Bare Knuckle and let's, let's, let's bring back Bare Knuckle, but let's bring it back to where we know we can take it, and that is a respectable, professional company. Yeah. And um, where are you getting these fighters from? Did you put, like, an open out there for, like, fighters to, hey, um, hey, guys, with the new com- promotions coming up, we want you to join up. Like, did you make any calls out there to any particular fighters out there? Well, the first thing we did was we put together a team. Um, I know Des Woodruff and uh, another um, uh, employee of ours, uh, decided that we would start looking for people to work the different parts of the office, like matchmaking, you know, PR, mm-hmm. and, you know, all the other stuff that goes along with running a business. And so we went out and started finding those individuals. And uh, I know Des was the one that, that um, interviewed them. And um, so we found a killer team, and we put them together. And so we got a guy named Richard Goodman, who has ran his own promotion and has done very well in his own right. So he's the one that went out and started finding these different fighters and putting this card together. Guys like Mark Godbeer, Mighty Mole, Romero Sobaju, and Jack May. That's the tournament, the one-night tournament, four-man tournament that we have on September 21st at Full Bears Casino in North Dakota. That's our tournament. We're going to crown a champion from that heavyweight tournament. Our alternates are guys that would be on anybody's main card, and that's James McSweeney and Brian Heaton. That's our alternate. And we got a guy named Ishi Smith, who's a former pro boxer, and Esteban Payon, who is a UFC bet. Boxing against MMA, which will be our co-main event. This is going to be a fight card that me personally am excited to watch because it's like in the back of the old days in the UFC where it was style against style. I get to look at this card and really look at it and go, does bare knuckle translate into MMA? Does boxing translate into bare knuckle? Does bare knuckle... And MMA, can they have the same success or the same kind of abilities as they did when they were fighting in or MMA or boxing when they come to bare knuckle? 
will translate into bare knuckle. Wow. Wow, that's that's interesting because, you know, you know, um, I'm not comparing it to nothing because, you know, there's all these other promotions that started out and they started out hot. They started out good. And not it's not that they fizzled out, but they're they're just streaming along um, with bare knuckle. Do you think for like, let's say the person who's not an avid a fan, a person who's a casual watcher, you think that's something they might be interested in just to observe and look at, at one time to see if, there's, if that's something they'll be able to watch all the time? Yeah, it's 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 uh, interesting because bare knuckle is kind of something that when you say it, it, it you know, most people are going to cringe. Like, yeah. Oh, because they have this understanding of what bare knuckle people say bare knuckle is. Yeah. And anybody that's fought or is a fan of it and been around it long enough and seen the difference between bare knuckle and four ounce gloves, they realize that bare knuckle is not more dangerous. The four ounce gloves are more dangerous. Um, but there's an education process, like in the earlier days. UFC first came out was no holds barred. People looked at that and they cringed, like what? Because they didn't understand what they didn't understand. So there was an education process that happened, so that they understood what they were watching. And once they understood what they were watching, they understood it was skill, a lot of skill, and a lot of different things going on within the fight. It wasn't just barbaric. And we're in that same situation now, where bare knuckle has that feeling of being ugly and cringeworthy. But it's not. And the, our, our responsibility as a professional-run organization is to educate these fans on what they're watching. Yeah. Is there any particular commentators you're looking at or, or, or guys who are going to commentate on the bare knuckle are going to be from the ground up? Well, we're, we're going to have a wide variety of different announcers, guys from the boxing world, guys from the MMA world, a kickboxing world, world. Uh, even even wrestling, it just I mean, there's a, we have a wide variety of people. We we're not going to announce it yet, but a wide variety of people that we will have working on our staff, uh, from the announcers to ring announcers to color commentators to interviewers. We have so many different variables of people that will be involved with this stuff because, like I said, we want to bring it to a professional level and we want to be able to connect the Y and Z generation to bare knuckle, they could call it their sport because MMA, no holes barred in boxing, kickboxing, were our fathers and our grandfathers and our great-grandfathers sport. This right here, I believe, if it's done the way it's supposed to be done at a very professional level, that this could be the Y and Z generation's combat sport. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not trying to compare it, but do you think like the bare knuckle, I'm just trying to compare like Kimbo Slice became famous on the internet because he was bare knuckle fighting with random people in the street. So you think like that resurgence, not, I'm not saying Kimbo Slice was the influence, but people put Kimbo Slice on a pedestal because he was bare fisting fighting a lot of people. Right? Sorry about that. No, that's all right. I said, um, you know, Kimbo Slice was bare fisting a lot of people and then, you know, that pretty much put him in the spotlight. So it's, it's like that type of way, like... You know, fighting like that? Well, we want to try to... That's a spectacle. Yeah. And spectacles are fun to watch, right? Mm-hmm. But at some point, you've got to rise above the spectacle, and you've got to become a combat sport. And so I think we're at the spectacle level, right? Like, mm-hmm. people don't understand us yet. Yeah. Once we educate them, and they understand what we're watching, and we bring it to that professional level, then we will become a respectable combat sport. So right now, we've got to take each thing as transition. Right now, we're in a transition of educating people, having them understand what it is they're watching. 
and then we move it up past that into a combat sport. So it's not like either level is bad. It's just where you start from. We're starting from the spectacle level where people want to see it just because of what they think it is. And so we have to educate them along the way of what it really is. Gotcha, gotcha. And um, for you, Ken, um, you've a little bit about yourself. You've been in the game for a long, long time. You know, you had highs and lows, MMA, wrestling. Um, what's been your what what is so far? You know, this is like a jaded question, but what's been your your big your biggest success in your professional athletic career? say that you know being the first pancreas champion over in japan yeah. uh, people from all over the world uh, it was a year long to qualifier to get into the tournament once you were into the tournament it was a 16-man tournament two days and i won that that was an accomplishment and i would say something that goes right up with with that would have to probably be the ufc when i actually won the super fight the very first time they ever handed out a single fight belt um, which I fought the winner of the ultimate ultimate, which was Dan Severn. Mm-hmm. And that means it's a guy that beat all the guys that won all year long. All those guys win one tournament, and the winner of that fought me, which means I fought the best of the best, and I beat him. And, that, and then I became the first belt champion when it comes to single, like we see today, single fights. All those belts go through that first single fight belt, the super fight belt. Everything else comes off of that middleweight, lightweight, because there were no there were no belts. There were no heavy, there was no lightweight. There was no middleweight. It was just one division, and everybody fought everybody. And so all those belts that we see coming out now all come through that super fight belt. Yeah. Um. Um. I don't, I don't know if you could talk about it, but do you have any sponsors lined up already for Valor, or that's still in the process of? Yeah, we're, we're doing those sponsors, but we're looking for more. So if people are interested, go to ValorBK.com and fill out the form and let us know. Um, we're looking for all kinds of positions, and we're also looking for investments. Um, so we're, 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 we're in it for the long haul. We have a strong investment team. We have a strong team, and we have a strong card. We're, we are really set to be in this for the long haul. But at the same time, we are always looking to improve. So anybody that wants to go jump on there, no matter what it is, as a fighter, as a, as a ring announcer, or as an investor, whatever you want, you go to ValorBK.com and fill out the form and let us know what it is that you're interested in. Um, could we possibly see Ken Shamrock once again in the ring? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, listen. I'm a fighter at heart. And if somebody challenges me, I'll fight them. Just because I'm a fighter, right? But it won't be in the ring. <laughs> okay? Now, I'm the president of Valor BK, and I will not be fighting inside the cage. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Uh, so, are you then retired with asterisks to the end? Are you retired? I'm, I will never, I'm not going to retire. Yeah. I, I, retirement to me, for some people, that's fine. But that's like me saying I give up, I quit. I I'll never quit. I'll never give up. I'm not going to, but I'm, again, like I said, I'm a fighter yeah. and I have a fighter's heart, but yeah. the only way I'm fighting is if somebody insults me or my family that I'm fighting. That's the only way I'm fighting. Yeah. And the first fight is September 21st at the Bears Casino in North Dakota, right? That's the first um, fight for Valor. Yeah. The inaugural event. Yes. We're well, going to change the world. 
Will it be on pay-per-view? Is it something that's going to be in a pay-per-view event? Yes. We have, yes. We have DirecTV. We have the Dish Network. And we have all the major cable companies. We have Fight TV, which is our digital. So any of you guys sitting home and you can't make it to North Dakota, which I understand, um, you can watch it at home. Oh, a um, few more questions for you, Ken, because I know you got to go. Um, um, in, in wrestling, I just want to talk a little bit about wrestling. Um, what's been your most memorable moment in, in any wrestling from like WWE on? Like, what's been your moment? Um, I, I've got a few of them. I would have to say, you know, the King of the Ring. Yeah. Uh, beating the Rock. That was a big one. Caption the Intercontinental title. That was a big one. Uh, the Dungeon Match. With oh, Owen, Owen, yes. That was a big one. Um, the the Lions Den match, those were big ones. So yeah, I had a lot of good ones, man. I was really, I was very fortunate that I had to be able to go in there in a short amount of time, two and a half years, and I worked with all the top talent. I got to change the the landscape of pro wrestling with my submission skills. You see what they're doing now, as opposed to before me and after me. Now everybody's doing angle locks and chokes and arm bars, and, you know. So. I feel really blessed that I was able to be in at a great time and be able to change the landscape of pro wrestling. Yeah. From different promotions you was in, from the WWE, UFC, Bellator, um, how was the professionalism and um, what, from going from being in those three promotions, what will you implement into, into Valor for, like, the, the, the fighters, for the competitors? Well, there's a lot of different ones, uh, you know, with, with uh, Bellator. They had a gentleman there. Uh, uh, who used to work for uh, Bellator. His name was Christian Prenup. And Mm -hmm. we had a lot of dealings with him when we were fighting with Bellator. And I really thought the way that he handled the fighters, the way he handled the business there, the way he structured everything was very professional. And so we try to emulate that. We want to try to emulate something like that. Then then when you have the the UFC and the production um, and the way that they're lighting and the big grand stage... Uh, with the pay-per-view and and the the amount of pay-per-view and the the access to pay-per-view, that's what we're taking from that. We're making sure that we have the same kind of capability they had and with the production that they have on our networks with the in-demand and the cable and all that. So we have the same setup they do. Um, And uh, I would say with pro wrestling, I would say we want to make sure that we bring the entertainment value. Mm. Uh, that, the, that the wrestling has into our bare knuckle league. We want to make sure that we don't miss a beat when it comes to entertaining that Y and Z generation because that's what it's about. The fight, yeah, it's there, but there's got to be entertainment with it. There has to be storylines and different stuff that go with fighting. And so we take, I, I take a little bit of that from the world of the pro wrestling where. I want to be able to shoot angles with guys, but they're real angles. Guys who maybe don't like each other, or maybe they come from the same state, and it's a rivalry. Whatever it is that we can grab from each of those fighters that we can build into a a storyline, that's what we want to do. So those are the three things I would take from the different types of um, places that I have been. Those are the things that I would take each one of those companies. Is there a sneak peek at a fighter that um, fans should look out for? Is there a particular fighter that has your eye that you're looking at? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think they're all really good. I do. But I think James McSweeney, um, because he's sitting in that alternate spot, you know, I mean, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, he could slip in there. I mean, somebody gets a bruise on their hand, gets broke, broke their hand, and they pick him out. He's no slack when it comes to bare knuckle. And so he's the one I'm kind of looking at, like mm-hmm. saying, boy, he might be able to just slip into the main event. Um, so, yeah, I think that Godbeer and, and, and Jack May and Mighty Moe and Romero Sobos are all really good, but they're in the tournament, so they're fighting some tough guys in the tournament. I don't know. We'll have to see, man. You know, I, Brian Heaton might even be a sleeper. I don't know. Like I said, this is one of those things where it's it's very interesting. Oh, um, quick question for me: When is Ken Shamrock coming back to Kenosha, Wisconsin? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, we'll come with the show. <laughs> All right, and uh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my last question for you, Ken, is what would the Ken of today tell the Ken of yesterday? Oh, I would say um, be patient. And um, the, the biggest thing is to, um, how do I say this? Take time off. Like heal up. Mm-hmm. Because I never took time off. I was constantly fighting. I fought through injuries. I remember when I messed my knee up, I fought with a bad knee for almost a year um, because I didn't want to stop. And I would look at, I look back on it, I go, that was a big mistake. Uh, and I didn't make too many of them in my career, but that was one of the mistakes that I made was that I didn't take enough time off to rehab and strengthen it and become back strong. I kept fighting, just fought through it. I had surgery and four months later, I, I knocked out um, uh, Kimbo, not Kimbo, but Kimo. Yeah. I knocked him out with the knee. Right? But I, it was four months after I had my, my knee surgery. Oh. Also, wow, man. Like, so I know that's the thing about you. You never even take, you, you never took time off, like, to, like, heal up or relax or anything. You was always go, 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 go. Yeah. And that was something I think caught up with me at the end of my career where I started taking a lot of losses. Yeah. My body was just, was tired. Uh, and I didn't, I was, I was so hungry and so, I was so determined to, to overcome that I, I really didn't take time to think the only way I could do that was by resting. Yeah. Do you think a lot of promotions took advantage of you because of your name quality, Ken Shamrock? You know, like, oh, we got to get Ken Shamrock in there? They didn't take advantage of me. No? I was well aware of what I was doing. Yeah, I, I, knew, I knew what I was doing, and I knew the reason why I was going there was that I was there, and they were, they were hoping that whoever they was fighting me that would beat me, that would put them over the top, I was well aware of the, the situation. So it wasn't like I went in blind thinking these guys were hoping I was going to win because there had some young fighters coming, like Rich Franklin. When I fought Rich Franklin, you know, yeah. the chances of him winning were, were not high, but we thought, well, if he's going to lose, who's to be? But if he happens to win, we got an instant superstar. So I knew going into that what the deal was. And I've always known going into every fight what the deal was. So it wasn't like they fooled me. I mean, we, we, we're all big boys in this business. And, if you get taken advantage of, it's your own fault. Yeah. Um, Valor Bear Knuckles, September 21st, Bears Casino in North Dakota. Ken Shamrock, um, best of luck with this promotion. And um, I'm I'm curious to wanting to see this. I'm, I just want to see what's going to happen. So best of luck to you and stay healthy, my friend. Yeah, also, too, I want to say this, that on Forbes, we did this thing on Forbes um, where we had a fan engagement. And yeah. we always wanted to make sure we could include the fans. And what we're doing, if you go to Forbes and you click on there, Valor BK, you'll see there's a place on there where you'll get a vote 
matchups you want to see in the first round of the tournament. You get to pick the matchups you want in the first round of the tournament as fans. If you go to Forbes and click on Valor Beat, you'll be able to pick the lineup, the first round lineup of the heavyweight tournament. Oh. Uh, Ken, uh, promote your social media, promote anything you have upcoming besides September 21st. Do you have anything up on, on the horizon? Uh, right now, that's kind of our focus, but, you know, other than that, I've got a lot of wrestling stuff coming out. Uh, oh. Getting ready to make some big announcements later today, actually. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned, and we'll have some other big things coming, too. Oh, sweet. The man, the myth, the legend, Ken Shamrock, thank you for coming on the Atomic Podcast. Much appreciated. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. And I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks.